Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show, this podcast contains general financial information only. Welcome back to Investing Month. Today, we are tackling admin. We are sorting out our finances. Now we've made our very first investment, or we might be making that in the next six months. What do we do after we've done all that? There's a lot of things to stay on top of, but if you get it sorted out early, you will keep your life super simple. You'll automate things in the background and you won't make a mess at tax time. Yes, Kate, I was reading a great book this morning, actually, and it talks about that the exciting part, but also the daunting part is often investing for the first time. But then people tend to forget about some of the other stuff that goes on in the background. But you can actually put some of these things almost on autopilot. So some of the things can just happen. But you do need to know what you're doing with your investing and money admin so that you don't get any rude surprises. And so it doesn't you know, become a huge headache for you. So the first thing to know, I think, Kate, just as a very like quick thing, is if you can just tell us what this share registry thing is, that we, we get all this mail or we get emails from this thing called Link and Computer Share, what are they? When you buy a share in a company, they don't do all the manual admin for all the millions of shareholders themselves. So they outsource this to a third-party company, which is usually Link Market Services, Computer Share, or Boardroom in Australia. There okay. are a few more, but they're the main names you'll need to know. And okay. so this organization manages your admin side of your shareholding. So this is where you can go and update your bank account details. So if you mm-hmm. if the company pays a dividend, you need to put your bank details in if you want it paid to your bank account, or you can opt in for a dividend reinvestment plan. I think we touched on that. Yeah, yeah. And this is an ability to reinvest dividends or reinvest the cash that you would stand to receive from your shares. You can automatically have that reinvested. So you do that when you log into this thing called a share registry. Yes. Your share registry also lets you update your tax fund number. So there's no withholding tax taken on any dividends or Mm -hmm. distributions you receive. You can also change your paperwork settings, your communication settings, which is probably the most important part here. So you don't get lots of stuff in the mail. You can turn on that you're happy to get things via email. So when there is an annual report, there is a distribution paid, their statements at the end of each financial year. This is sent to you via email instead of in the post. Yes, I like this. Okay. The key thing to understand here though is we don't choose the share registry, do we? No, the share registry, well, the company chooses the share registry, which chooses you basically. So I'm going to give a hypothetical example. I'm an investor. I buy shares in BHB, one of Australia's biggest companies, through my brokerage account. Now, In that instance, BHP has chosen the share registry. So that could be Computer Share or Link or Boardroom. Those are the three popular ones you just mentioned. The broker didn't choose them. 
BHP did. So that means if then I go and buy another company, like say I go and buy Commonwealth Bank, they might choose a different one. Yes. So, so I need to log in to two separate places. Yeah. A lot of people wonder why they can't put everything in one share registry account. Why can't everything be in computer share? And the reason is because the company or the ETF provider chooses which share registry to use. So often you'll have to keep track of a few different logins and accounts. And when I have, say, for example, in, that, in my example before, I had BHP and CBO. If they both use computer share... Would I need to log in twice or once? If it's from the same brokerage account, as far as I know, you only have to log in once. Okay. And you great. can manage all your holdings in one place. Okay. That's a lot easier then. Okay. So I don't need like a hundred different logins with a hundred different codes or whatever. Um, and I can manage it a bit more uh, sensibly. You can create an account on each of these platforms, by the way. Um, and that's probably an easier way rather than just managing an ad hoc. You can actually create an account, uh, which does save you a bit of time. So these aren't the only records. This is just as it relates to ETFs and shares. There are many other records, okay? I know you're studying law at the moment, so you would be right across this. But what are some of the other things that people might need to keep tabs on? We won't go into it in too much depth here. We've done separate episodes on these. But what are the things that people should know about? In your share registry, if you purchase an individual company, you'll also receive details about annual general meetings. So a mm. company will get everyone together once a year and talk about how the company's done this year, answer investor questions, and often you'll have a chance to vote on key issues. I love AGMs. I actually love them because you get to see what your company's actually doing. A lot of people don't do this until a few years in, but what they might do is they might make an investment in a company. For example, they do all their research, like we teach them and we show them how to do it. Um, but they've never actually been to the factory or they've never met the management or they've never met the CEO or even spoken to the company. And they realize that their investment's actually done pretty well. And all of a sudden, it's worth taking a day off work and go into the AGM and the company will speak for two or three hours about the strategy. They'll answer your questions, et cetera. You can even speak to them. You, you have a right as a shareholder to ask questions. If you're not a shareholder and you go along, sometimes you can still go along. You just can't ask questions. Um, and so you go and do that. Uh, and during COVID, a lot of these meetings were online and the share registries had to facilitate all that. But basically what happens at these meetings is you get a chance to hear from the chair who oversees the board and the CEO, uh, and then you get a chance to hear from the CEO and their management team of what's actually achieved and what they're working on right now. And then there's what we call the formal part. Now, in the formal part of an AGM, this happens every year, the board of directors has a strategy and they have to tell you what the strategy is and you may get a chance to vote on that. Uh, and obviously you may be a very small shareholder, but if enough shareholders bandy together, you can actually overthrow those decisions. Uh, and this happens. It happens quite often. Uh, and another thing to keep in mind is that at that, you will also elect the directors. So you as a shareholder can vote for or against. But again, you have the right to ask questions. In Australia, we have the Australian Shareholders Association or the ASA. They're the biggest body that kind of get people together. They're actually a sponsor of our investors podcast. And it's a wonderful relationship because our community can take part in AGMs and meetups and talk about these things. But this is something that people don't talk about, Kate, because they don't understand how that works. You don't need to go to the AGM to vote. You can just log into your share registry and there should be notices there on how to vote. And it's really simple. Uh, and that's a really important part of being stewards of the world's businesses, so to speak. The problem that we have right now is that a lot of people invest in index funds and they don't get the chance to vote. Um, so if you do, if you are a small shareholder, you still have a chance to vote and that's fantastic. You do that through 
your share registry. Now, sh- sorry for that digression, but <laughs> it's your business. You own it, so you can have a say. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that we should really talk about is that's just the share registry, which kind of controls your life, and it becomes really frustrating uh, once you realize how old school the platforms are. But there are so many other records that people should probably keep a track of, Kate, when they're investing. Yes. Tell us about these. So probably the first one is I like to keep records of when I buy something, mm-hmm. what I buy it for, how much it costs, things like that. And I use a platform called ShareSite to do that. Mm-hmm. There's also um, a platform called Nevexa. Yep. Um, you can also use, or some people just use the classic Excel or Google Sheets, or they get good data from their broker because down the track, when you go to sell things, you need to know what you purchased it for and what you sold it for to calculate mm-hmm. your tax matters. Yes, you do. So you keep records because you're going to have to pay tax and you have to lodge that with the ATO. Yeah, it's your responsibility to keep accurate records. Yeah, and if you invest in an ETF, you will receive a member statement at the end of the year uh, from each ETF. And what that effectively shows you is your tax position, which you can hand to your accountant or use as part of your own tax return. It has like the numbers next to where it needs to go. Yeah, so make things easy. If you use an accountant, Mm -hmm. the easier it is, the less they'll probably charge you. Okay, great. So what else should we be keeping in Um, stock? Yeah, I like to keep copies of key ID documents. I like to keep copies of any insurances I have. This might be in a folder. Some people like to have a binder somewhere safe in the house. that, Like a safe, like a fireproof safe? Yeah, another family member can find if anything happens yeah. um, or some sort of access to a cloud folder as yeah, well. Yeah, I put some of my ID in a secure cloud folder. So then, you know, when you get that, oh, we need a copy of your driver's license. I've just got it there. I can just drag and drop it and yeah. away we go. Yeah. Copies of your will and power of attorney if you have that. Yeah. Well, hopefully the original. You need to know where the original is. So make sure that's somewhere safe or it's with a lawyer or it's with the, the will bank if you have one in your state. Yeah. So this is important, not just for sh- like share investors, because they need to know what happens with like, what are they going to do with your shares if you die? Who are they going to go to? Someone could just challenge that. Um, but you also need to have this for like property. If you own a property or you have cash in the bank or if you're in a relationship, and let's say, for example, you guys split up. You want to keep accurate records of things like that. You want to be able to update your wills. You want to know where this information is stored so you can get your financial house in order. Um, and that's not even go to the other side of where this gets quite nasty. But having good records is really important. Now, your will could be stored with your lawyer. Um, there is uh, some state bodies also have a, an ability to store this, if I'm not mistaken. I'm talking out of my book here. This is your side of the No, when, when we interviewed a lawyer on the sh- podcast a few years ago, they definitely sounded like Victoria and a few other states had will banks that you could lodge your will in. Yeah. So that's a like a service that enables you to just draw on it straight away and you know where it is at any one point in time. They're the types of things you want to keep tabs on are all the different brokerage accounts. Yeah, I like to keep a, a rough list. It doesn't need to have the the value in it, but what different accounts do I have money or investments in? So if anything happens, someone can find them and it's not some terrible effort going through emails to track things down. So I'll list down active bank accounts that I'm using, active brokerage accounts, other investments I have where my super is, so that if anything happens, it makes it easier for someone to go and track them down. Yep. Sounds great. Okay. So we've got all of these different documents. We can store them in a safe place. Uh, some people call this um, statement of assets, uh, where it's like you just have a list of all the stuff that you have and you can update it once every year or twice a year. Other people then have what we also call an investment portfolio statement. And from an admin perspective, this is 
might sound boring, but it's probably the most important thing you could probably have. And in fact, some of the finance industry takes a year just to study how to make one of these, um, which is an investment portfolio statement is effectively how are you going to invest? Why are you going to invest in the way that you're going to invest? And then making sure that you follow that in time in the future. Because a lot of people, and we've talked about this many times, Kate, they end up what we call uh, collectors. They end up as collectors. A collector is someone who starts investing and they go, oh, well, I'll grab a little bit of those shares and I'll mm. grab some of that ETF and I'll have some of that one and this one, oh, a bit of Bitcoin, chuck that in there. And then this one. And then it, within three years, the tax situation is a mess. They have no strategy. They've done poorly on most of their investments and they're wondering, well, this whole investing thing doesn't work. And it's like, well, of course it doesn't work if you're going to do that. So what we say to people is get a plan. It could be half a page. It could be two paragraphs. Why are you investing and what do you intend on investing in? That's another record that you should keep. It's a piece of admin, but it is the reason that you invest. It's kind of like your bumper bars. If you try and do something silly, you can pull this up and you can go, hold on a second. I said I wouldn't invest in... I don't know, Bitcoin, for example, and yet I'm thinking about doing this. Why? Um, and that's another record that you can keep alongside your statement of assets. Now, in terms of admin, do you do anything else? Uh, well, what makes my life easier is setting up forwarding rules in my emails. So if you're a new investor, you might suddenly get a barrage of emails mm -hmm. uh, or paperwork in the mail if you haven't updated your preferences in your share yep. registry. So I auto forward anything to do with my investments, my share registries, tax documents into certain folders. So I have everything there in one spot for tax time, including maybe if I made a donation during the year, I include the receipts there. And I try and keep track of things in a Google sheet as well, or drag them into a folder if they're files. So I have everything easy to go and easy to send to the accountant. So it makes their life easier. I really like that. Yeah. So if you do have like a share site thing um, or an Avexa account, that's the, the the tax portfolio reporting stuff. You can get a subscription to them and you can set it up so that anything that comes from, say, your brokerage account can be forwarded, auto-forwarded to that. And that software will automatically read the email and put that in your account for you. So it's super easy. Um, but as Kate said, you could have other things in there too. Like you could have tax deductions as a separate label in your Gmail, for example. Um, and you can just make your life so much easier. Because yeah, you'll probably forget what you purchase that might be relevant for your tax return 10 months ago. But if you keep a list or you keep a folder or you keep a file, that makes your life easier. And we interviewed Tim Lowe, Assistant Commissioner of the ATO. So that's a really good episode if you are interested in learning more about tax mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And he endorsed the idea of using folders. So I think it's, <laughs> it's official. <laughs> it's, it's official now. It's official. You can use folders to keep your receipts. Um, but it's actually, No shoeboxes. Yeah, it's actually a good idea because um, you the tax return will be so much easier. You'll save money in your accountant and you'll probably get a more accurate tax return anyway. Um, so why wouldn't you? You can also turn off the paper statements. I would just double click on that uh, in your share registry. Some brokers allow you to turn that off as well. You can click a button um, like the one that I use says, you just click this button and we'll turn them off for you. Uh, and that means that you just receive emails instead, uh, save the trees and all that. Um, but just in summary, Kate, a share registry is not chosen by you, but you will receive paperwork from them and you will receive emails from them. You can log in using the information that you get in the mail. It'll have a number on there. You can use that information to log into the share registry and manage your investing affairs. Things such as whether you want automatic dividend reinvestment or whether you want to vote on things or whether you want to add your tax file number so you don't get cop extra tax. All that is done through the share registry. Then we talked about a list of personal assets. There's things like your wills, you need to know information, ID, 
put that somewhere safe and secure. Um, some people suggest fireproof safes. Others suggest storing it with your lawyer, uh, whatever the case may be. Really important, really yes. important. It's housekeeping, but it's important because it will make your life so much easier in the long term. Yeah. And another reason that's less investing related, but just going to save you a headache is having these account numbers and knowing your key passwords when you go traveling. So when you lose <laughs> your phone, like I did, you can actually get back into some of your accounts because I don't know about you, but a lot of my passwords and logins to different accounts autofill. Yeah. So if I didn't know those details myself and have some way to access them, it would have been very challenging and I would have not been able to access a lot of my money overseas. So absolutely. make sure you have some way to access things if you're traveling and have backups. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all the admin 101. We do cover this a lot in other shows that we covered powers of attorney, yeah. superannuation and what to do there. And we've got a very so intensive very long guide on ASX share registries covering everything about dividend reinvestment plans, tax file numbers, all the paperwork ETF you need tax, to know all that stuff. on RAS Media. So that link is in the show notes so you can learn everything there is to know. Yep. Um, there is a bit to it, but it's actually once you're on top of it, it's, your life's a breeze and it's secure. Kate, that was good fun. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. I am so excited to tell you that InvestSmart and Intelligent Investor are long-term sponsors of this podcast. And here's something I want to tell you about. The Intelligent Investor Select Value Fund is a unique mix of global leaders and homegrown small caps poised for long-term growth. The portfolio manager is Nathan Bell, a talented investor you may have heard on the Rust Network multiple times. The Select Value Fund is designed for investors seeking international diversification and Aussie companies with superior financial metrics. You can invest today at intelligentinvestor.com.au slash IISV offer. That's intelligentinvestor.com.au slash IISV offer. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Before you go, I wanted to share some things with you. Specifically, I wanted to tell you about the 10 ways that Rask could help you in 2024. As many of you know, Rask has grown to become one of the biggest investing and finance platforms in Australia. Across our podcasts, our websites, our memberships, and so on, we now engage around 200,000 Aussies, which considering we started in a humble lounge room on a Kmart desk, one of those old fake white wooden ones, I'm pretty ecstatic about where we are six years later. 
As part of becoming one of Australia's biggest platforms for wealth creation and preservation, we now have a very special position in the country in that we can bring you some of the best, most thoughtful, expert-driven ways to protect and grow your wealth. And I'm going to share some of those with you now. I've got 10 ways that we can potentially help you or match you with someone who can. The first thing that I want to tell you about is the biggest step we've ever taken at RASC, which is the launch of our RASC Invest platform. This is a platform that lets our team, led by me, invest for you, primarily through low-cost, diversified ETFs. We'll have three strategies at launch, and every investor who comes through can pick one of the three strategies being a balanced strategy, a growth strategy, and a high growth strategy. The balanced strategy focuses on passive income, and the high growth strategy focuses on longer term compounding. You will find a link in your podcast player to register your interest. We will be taking off soon. Number two, if you prefer to DIY your investing, you can join me and over 4,000 members inside Rascore. That's our full ETF and ASX share research membership community. You can join now and you'll get updated ETF portfolio recommendations every quarter, as well as ongoing ASX and global stock research. Every single month, we call them the all-star stocks. You get that alongside the ETF portfolios, as well as other members-only content. It's called Rascore. Number three, our first ever partnership with a business other than our own was a business by the name of Blusk, which has since become Flint Group. Flint Group is led by Chris Bates and Christian Stevens, two of Australia's most highly regarded mortgage brokers. Already over 200 RASC community members have begun the RASC plus Flint Group mortgage broking process. You can click the link in your podcast player if you're refinancing, investing, a first home buyer, or whatever. You've probably heard Chris on the show many times. Number four, you can connect with our most trusted financial advisors. Whether you're 25 years old, just graduated uni and looking to set yourself up or approaching or in retirement and you've got that nest egg you want to protect and generate a passive income from, you can get in contact with our trusted panel of financial advisors. You can find the link in your podcast player. It's there each and every week. Just click the thing that says financial planning. Number five, if you want specialist insurance advice, as Warren Buffett said, rule number one is don't lose money. And rule number two is don't forget rule number one. Insurance is vitally important, especially when it comes to your number one asset, you. Whether you're a single income household or a couple and you just want to protect what would happen if, you want to protect your family if something goes wrong, you want to protect your spouse if you lose your job, you want to protect yourself if you hurt yourself on the weekend at footy, insurance is a way to do that. And I think the best way to do insurance is through a financial planner. And there's a few reasons for that. But one of them is sometimes some insurers will only work with financial advisors, but they can also be your companion as you go through the sometimes daunting process of getting insurance done properly. Sometimes you might not even know, but you're not even covered, even though you think you are. So get the right advice. You'll find a link in the show notes to check that out. Number six, buying property. If you're like me and you're thinking of buying property in the next 12 months, or maybe you've already invested and you're looking to downsize, getting the right advice and being able to build wealth through property is a proven strategy. 
might be one of the most contentious, but I think that we have one of Australia's best property coaches in our ranks. That is Pete Wargent. Pete is the host of the now super popular Australian property podcast by Rask, and he's also my analyst team's macro consultant. So if you're a member of Rascore, you will have seen Pete's name around the traps. He's a property coach and buyer's agent, and he works with a select number of people each and every year. Just a note on this. This is not a commercial thing with Pete. Pete just has great services, so we offer them to the community. And when he fills up, he fills up. You can find out more about Pete's coaching in the show notes. Next up, tracking your portfolio for tax. I think you are because I think you have to. So we've partnered with Nevexa to help you manage your share and ETF reporting, whether it's tax or performance. All RASC users get 20% off an annual plan with Nevexa. You can sync your portfolio with Nevexa's software and it automatically tracks your dividends, your capital gains tax, and more. Again, not a commercial partnership. We don't make anything from working with Nevexa, but they do create some great tools which the RASC community uses each and every day. Number eight, want to run your own business? Maybe you already do. If you want more profit, but less stress, less time consumed, and less energy lost, get in contact. We have a partner business called Inflection. The Inflection Accelerator Program is a complete online course that helps you and a community of members engage and follow a proven strategy for growing your business. I'm grateful to be one of the coaches inside the Accelerator program, helping business owners right across Australia. You can find more following the link in your podcast player. It's the one that says coaching. Number nine, if you haven't already checked it out, join over 20,000 other people who tune into the Rask YouTube channel. It is completely free and you get notified when we go live and when we publish podcast episodes. There is a podcast on the Rask network each and every day, as well as bite-sized material that's less than 60 seconds or those really punchy tutorials and webinars that are just 15 minutes that take you through a really exciting topic, whether it's how to buy a property, whether it's how to pick a dividend ETF. Some of our most popular content actually just explains things like, what the heck is franking credits and how do I calculate if I've got some? That's on our YouTube channel. Number 10, if you want to be a better investor, a saver, a better partner with money, or just understand your own relationship with money, you can do that all of that by going to the Rask Education website and taking a free course. We've enrolled over 26,000 students at the time of this recording, and we're on a mission to get to 100,000 in the next few years. Rask Education is our mostly free education platform covering everything from budgeting and automation to the probably, I would say, the best value investing program in the country. So whether you're a value investor an intermediate investor, you want to know how to value Woolworth shares, or you simply just want to understand what ethical investing is or buy your first property and what actually happens on settlement day, head to the Rask Education website and enroll in something today. It is free and it supports us because then I can come on here next month and I can say we've got 27,000 and hopefully we reach critical mass where we can help more Australians manage their money better. Thank you for listening to this long-winded ad if you want to get in contact with me, you know where to go. There's a link in your show notes. Basically, these 10 services, even though some of them we don't make any money from, support RASC and allow us to produce these podcasts, attract the biggest and best guests from Australia and around the world, and bring them to you to answer your questions. Thank you for being part of the RASC network, and thank you for your ongoing support. Bye for now.